Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited, hopefully, um, that the Lord does something, speaks something in your heart. I just want you to set like an expectation that like literally today, like chains are gonna break. That something is gonna come from heaven out of my mouth, because it's not my words, it's his words, it's things that he's done in and through my life, it's things that he's revealed to me, it's things that I've walked through, it's all those type of things, and that maybe they will touch you where you sit, in this place and something will shift that maybe you weren't even expecting to shift. So all I would ask is that you just prepare your heart and you just be willing to say, hey, just Lord, whatever it is, like, come on, I'm ready, I'm willing, and let's go. Because I want to tell you, your life is in no better hands than in the hands of Jesus. No better hands, no better hands, no greater decision I ever made than to start following the Lord and truly follow him. A lot of us will call him Savior, but few will call him Lord. Decide to call him Lord, which means the surrender of every single area of your life to him as Lord. I love Awakened Church. What a great church. What a great place to be a part of. I can tell you so many things have happened in my life because of my association with Awaken Church. Legitimately, there is no way that I would be where I'm at right now without this church. Now, Awaken Church is not God alone, but God works in and through Awaken Church, and God works in and through people that you associate yourself with, and I'm so thankful for the people that I've been able to associate myself with um, and the church that I've been able to associate myself with. So I'm telling you, if you haven't been here for a long time, if you're new, um, trust me, I've been here a decade. There's no greater place to plant yourself and plant your family. That's not a shameless plug. That is a righteous plug. That is absolutely true. I can tell you 100%. One thing you'll know about me, and you can ask people, I'm not a liar and I'm not hypocritical. I don't practice what I don't preach, and I can tell you that my life is so much greater because of my association with Awakened Church. I was saved at other ch- as another church. I, I, I was discipled at another church. I was in the military 22 years. I was over in, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's good. It's good. I love the fact that I was in for 22 years and retired seven years ago because they've been paying me not to show up for the last seven years. It's amazing. It's pretty awesome. It's kind of cool to wake up and be like, oh, that's awesome continue to breathe today. Met the requirement. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know, I was, I was at a couple other churches because I was stationed across the country and stuff like that. But I, I can tell you that, that here, we have the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit, of all the gifts of the Spirit, that we want you to live the greatest life that you can live, body, mind, soul, spirit, heart, will, all those things. I'm telling you, you're in good soil. I'm not saying you're not going to get offended here. You get offended anywhere you go, but don't let offense ever take you out, okay? Oh, we got a great church. I love it. I was, like I, like I said before, I was in the military 22 years. I was in the Coast Guard. I retired as a command master chief from a unit right down the road that we, we built and stood up. It was great. It was a great time. I had a great career. I had lots of favor. Um, had lots of great opportunity, lots of great friends. How many of you guys know who Rick Young is? We call him the sheriff. We were stationed together. I've known that dude since 2004. How cool is that? And now we're both in ministry together. God's, he's funny. He's like, you got plans? Okay, cool, man. You know, I think about like, um, 
had roles of significant influence, you know, been, been, been able to be a part of the church now, came on staff. It was something that just kind of fell into my lap. It was like, you know, you start serving God, you start doing things. I, look, I'm not trying to say right now that I'm better than anybody because I'm on staff here at church and I'm a pastor. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. What I'm trying to convey is the fact that these were things I never even would have thought about. And when your life is submitted and surrendered to God, he will do things in you that you never even thought about. Because I had dreams that I thought were like, cool dreams. You know, I was going to be in the military 30 years. I'd retire. Then I'd go and be a contractor. I'd do something else and, you know, make enough money and get two retirements and three retirements when I'm 60 and be able to chill, you know, and God had different plans. He's like, guess what? There's no retirement in the kingdom. Like retirement, that's demonic. You know what I found out was like retirement was kind of like a, it's kind of like a Nazi type thing. They tried what they, the Nazis did. They took all the wisdom people out, all the people in their 60s and 70s. They said, go, go live somewhere else. They took them out. And then they had all these young folks. What do you lose when you lose 60 and 70 year olds? You lose wisdom. The kingdom is about wisdom. The kingdom is established on wisdom and faithfulness. And so it's like, I'm looking at this. Hey, the Bible says that I can live to 120. So I'm just declaring that I'm going to be 120 yoked, and then go to be with the Lord. Come on. Let's throw Pastor Jeff. Let him know. I got some fans. Jake. Okay. Thank you. But anyways, it was like my plans were like this way, but God's plans were different when I submitted it to him. And then, Amy, what's up? I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing? I, I, I know I'm not, not saying she doesn't go to church. I just haven't seen her in a while. So she's awesome. She's a, she was an intern when I was a, in the intern supervisor. It's great to see you. Anyway, sorry, it's just been a little, I don't mean to embarrass, please. Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. Anyways, we're going to be talking about forgiveness today, so it's perfect. Anyways, um, I, uh, I've really enjoyed my time um, being in ministry at the church. I want to tell you, each and every one of us has the opportunity to be in ministry, whether you work for a church or you don't work for a church. Actually, you are in ministry. Just what are you ministering at the end of the day, like, what do you stand for? What do you represent? And it's such an honor to be able to represent the king. You know, I lived this life before that was, I call it a life of compartmentalization. It was like I had these kind of alter egos everywhere I went. I didn't have like a split personality. It wasn't like good enough to be in movies and stuff like that where I could be one different, totally different person. But I did have a compartmentalized life. At work, I was a certain way. At church, when I went to church, I was a certain way. Around like, you know, my parents or my wife's parents, I was a certain way. Especially around my wife's parents. When we first met, I was a certain way. You know, I want to impress them. Look cool. Don't see the real you. It might be like, get out. It was 95, so give me, some, give me a break. Anyways. It's never like cool to take a drink of water when you're speaking. There's no way to make that cool. You're like, so, okay, cool. Just don't spill it on yourself. And at least I'm wearing black so you can't see. It's strategic. I had something in mind. Anyways, I had this, this compartment, <laughs> I had this compartmentalized life where I was a diff, kind of a different person in every different environment I went into. Right? I felt like I had to be. I felt like I had to be a certain way, like at school. I had to be a certain way around these certain people. I had to be a certain way when I was in the service. I had to be a certain way at church. I had to be a certain way around different types of people. And it was freaking exhausting. And by the way, I saw no way out of it. I just thought that's what life was. Because most of the people I knew, that's how they lived. 
that's how like everyone lived. You know, it was like this totally different thing. And then when I came into the kingdom, I was like, I didn't even know like what I didn't know, right? So I'm like, the way you can actually be like the same person in every environment and, and feel good about it? Wow, that's a thing? And I started to see that as I submitted and aligned myself under kingdom principles and really started to understand that I was like a legit child of God, like everything started to shift. I started to notice that like, oh my gosh, I can be the same person in these different environments, the best version of myself, the God version of myself in every environment that I go into. And I'm not even like, it's, it's actually easy. It's not hard. And I'm not fake. I'm like real. The funny thing is, is when I lived a compartmentalized life, I prided myself in not being fake. But the truth of the matter is you were freaking fake. Like you were divided. You were doing different things. You were acting a different way everywhere you go. You're the biggest phony there is. Look, if that's you right now, fine. Let's just change it. Let's just shift it. Just go, it's possible. Because if it can happen for me, it can sure as heck happen for you. I was pretty stubborn. I'm 47 years old now. I decided at 33, it was funny, we're in Virginia Beach, my wife's a teacher, we just got stationed out there, we left from Huntington Beach to Virginia Beach, I was a surfer, I've surfed since like 87, and the waves suck in Virginia Beach, it's pretty small, there's like 18 surfable days in a year, on Huntington Beach there's like 365 surfable days in a year. You know, and I'm, and I'm like, man, this place sucks. My job kind of sucked. It's pretty depressing. My wife was like, couldn't really get like a good job. And then she gets a job at this terrible school and it's stressful. And I just remember one day I'm like sitting on the bed. And I'm like, that's it. We got to go to church and give our lives to God. I'd never said anything like that in my life. It was almost like one of those moments where you're like, wait, wait, wait what did you just say, dude? Like, who are you? And so then she, cause, you know, she was a little upset about everything, and I was upset. So then we go to church, and then from that moment forward, like, everything just started to change. My, mine wasn't like this, you know, straight. Mine was kind of like this, okay, I'm going to start going Sunday. Okay, cool, as long as it's not a football game, I don't want to miss. As long as the waves aren't good, I'll be there, you know, that kind of stuff. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to be here every Sunday. And then it's like, okay, well, I'll tithe, like, if I can, you know. And then finally it was just commit, full on. Hey, you're just a tither. Then it was like, hey, you're going to start serving. And then, like, all these things, even though it was slow, what I was doing was building a solid foundation. Things that became unquestionable. Things that you just did. You were just like, hey, look, I'm cool. Like, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. But the reality is, is like everything from that moment forward shifted. Maybe that's your moment right now. Maybe you're like here and you're like, man, I don't know what's up, but I need to give my life to God. If you are, you're in good company. I was in your shoes. And guess what? I'm in your shoes every single day. Because the reality is, is every day we have a choice to give our life to God. Every day to submit and surrender every, our thoughts, our will, our actions, our emotions, all those things. Every, every day we have a choice. And that is the greatest choice that we can make if we answer that call. So it's beautiful. Being free to be who God has called me to be, to not live compartmentalized, to not wonder who I've told what. Oh, did I tell this person that? Okay, I gotta make sure. It gets exhausting. How many people, how many friends I got out there that have been in those shoes before? Man, it's, it is freaking exhausting and it is not worth it. Sorry, I'm saying freaking a lot. I don't know why. I'm gonna stop. Pastor Morgan got me. Okay. I'm better than that. I'm better than that. Anyways. Our lives, when it comes down to it, we can choose to be aligned with the kingdom. The greatest thing we can do is align with, like, 
the king, king of kings, lord of lords, to align with Jesus, to align with our creator, God, our father, to align with kingdom principles. When we do that, we find that there's areas in our life that maybe have set us up for cursing. Or when we're out of alignment, think about it like this. If the alignment is right here, and I know right here is where I operate optimally and best. Why do I know that? Not because I necessarily always feel that way, but because the creator knows that. Because God knows that. Because he's the one who's told me. So I can either trust him or I can trust myself. Or I can trust what I've seen or whatever. But when I'm in alignment, things actually can have a flow. Things can actually flow from heaven through me out into the world that I'm in. But when I'm out of alignment, the flow is blocked. So it's like, it's like the flow is still there. I'm just not in the flow. So the interesting thing is I have the choice to step into the flow of the kingdom or step out. You might think that, hey, it just doesn't work that way. But the reality is, is it's totally linked to our ability to submit and surrender to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You can have your feelings, you can have your desires, you can have all these things that you want, but I want to tell you if they're out of alignment with the kingdom, then it ain't going to work. At best, you'll receive happiness at times, but for most of the time, you'll receive long-term sadness and tragedy in your life because you've actually positioned yourself to be cursed and not blessed. So a couple of the things we're going to talk about today that really kind of set us up for blessing and not cursing, I want to get into some like really two principles of like honor and forgiveness. But prior, prior to getting into that, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about who you are. And I want to talk a little bit about, I want to give you, I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures, but I really want you to focus on two scriptures. One's going to be at the start. One's going to be at the end. And the first scripture is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So it's interesting because it says, trust in the Lord with your heart. You know, we've always been ta- taught that, that our thoughts come from here, but really kingdom, are, are, it's about the heart. So that means that that verse tells us that our actual own understanding, like what happens be- from ear to ear, can actually be wrong can actually be jacked up. So it's the heart that's submitted to God, which then affects the thoughts. So when we're, when we're looking at kingdom principles and kingdom things, they may not totally make sense to us, right? Like at the time, they may not totally make sense to us, but if we trust God and believe that his ways are higher than our ways, we take him for his word, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, it will kind of help us like, like, like bypass this. Because I've always found that this is, the impediment to my growth. Like, I don't mean that I, I have, I think I have a good brain. Like I'm pumped on my brain, I'm stoked. Like, thank you Lord for my brain, you know, I'm excited. But I've also found that the thoughts that I get can either like, like hijack my journey or they can make it greater. And then I found when my heart is submitted to God, it reveals the thoughts that are out of alignment and then I can actually do something about those thoughts. I have a choice, right? How many of you guys are thankful that we have free will? I'm pretty pumped. That's a legit gift that God gave to each and every one of us. The unfortunate thing is we can use that free will to not follow God. But the greatest thing we can do is use the free will to follow God. So if we remember kind of that verse as we're going into things, as we're learning kingdom things, as we're being, as things are being revealed to us, okay, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, cool. You are significant. You have a destiny and a purpose. I want you to hear that right now. If you haven't heard that much in your life, you are important and you matter. 
okay? I understand that maybe there were people in your life who were supposed to tell you that, but they didn't, but you are. You're important to God. You're actually like designed uniquely. Like the, the things that you thought maybe separated you from other people were the gifts that God actually gave you when operating in alignment with him, give him honor, give him glory. Oh, and by the way, they bring you joy. Which joy is something that you can't pay any money for. Like joy, joy is a foundation. I can have joy and be sad. I can have joy and be mad. I can have joy and be happy. I can have joy and be in triumph. I can have joy and be in tragedy. Joy is my foundation. It's my anchor. It's unshakable. It's unmovable. Happiness is totally based on your environment. Either the friends you have, the, the situation you're in, the house you live in, the car you drive, the money you have, happiness is totally based on that stuff. And if you follow happiness, you'll always screw your life up. I just want to tell you. I got some pretty cool images. Can we show these images? These are, um, like, what do you guys think? Like, that's pretty nice. That's super cool. That's beautiful. That just relaxes me right now. What about that? If you like mountains, like, that's pretty cool. Mountains and then, like, yeah, beautiful. As beautiful as that is. Like, that's amazing. Some of the most beautiful landscapes. I want you to think about some. Maybe you have, like, a, a place you've been or a place you dream to go that's, like, the most beautiful uh, place you, you, you could ever imagine. Like, and you're like, oh, man, I can see God's handwork on that. I can see what he did. Just, like, the peaks and the, you know, and just how I can see it. The interesting thing is none of those things are actually created in the image of God. But you are. So when God was thinking, and he said, I'm going to create, the last thing he created was mankind, he looked down and he said, I want them to actually bear my image. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So when he chose an image bearer, it wasn't those beautiful pictures, it wasn't those mountains, it wasn't that crystal clear blue water, it wasn't that white sand, it was you and it was me. So I just want you to think about that for a second, like when you feel down on yourself or, 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 or maybe the, the titles and the, the words that people have put over you in your life, like make you not feel that way, that's not true. Like in the beginning, the first chapter of the book of the Bible says that you were created in his image and his likeness. So right now, I just want you to think those words that people have spoken or maybe the things that you've agreed with over yourself, that you're a mistake, that you're jacked up, that you're far from, you know, whatever, that's not true. You're created in his image. As long as you're breathing and alive, you're created in his image. You have value. You are important. You are valued by God because of who you are, not because of what you do. Don't get that mixed up. Don't get it mixed up that the only value I have is because of the things that I do. The value I have is because I was created in the image and likeness of the creator. Not the beautiful things in the world, uh, uh, physical things. I was created in his image. So just remember that. Genesis 1.27, if you've got to memorize that verse, memorize, man, I thank you, Lord, because I'm created in your image. When you wanted to see your reflection, you chose me. You didn't choose mountains. You chose me. Pretty awesome. So the reality is, is the only time really to bear fruit and to do things for the kingdom. Oh, and by the way, when you do things in your kingdom identity and your kingdom calling, it feels pretty good. It's fulfilling. Like, you feel fulfilled. It's, it's, a, it's a game changer is while you're here on earth. That's the only time you get to do that. When we're in heaven, heaven's gonna be amazing. When we're with the Lord, oh, it's gonna be unreal. Like, like it's gonna be far beyond the greatest day you've ever had on earth. 
but there's really no fruit to bear. You're not getting people saved. You're not seeing the sick get healed. You're not, you're not seeing miracle signs and wonders. You're not getting to advance the kingdom because the kingdom's already come. It's done. God's gonna dwell with his people. It's done. You don't need to do it. This is your time. The reality is the enemy doesn't want you to do that. The enemy wants you to be jacked up. The enemy's mission is threefold. Steal, kill, destroy. Everything attached to your life to jack you up. Matter of fact, one of the scriptures, 1 Peter 5, 8, it just says for us to be sober and be vigilant because the enemy... Your adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. Notice I use the term may. May is directly dependent upon you. Because if you allow him to devour you, he will freaking devour you. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Make no bones about it. You can't make deals with the devil that work out in your favor. You just can't. It's just, that, it's just that real. You cannot. You might have short-term happiness, but it's long-term suffering, long-term pain. Steal, kill, destroy. Mission of the enemy. So the thing is, that based on the way that we operate and the way that we do things, it will directly determine whether he may or may not devour us. Whether he may or may not steal, kill, and destroy everything attached to our life. Dreams, hopes, desires, things, people closest to us, our own lives, our choices directly affect that. The first thing I want to talk about really is the culture of honor. The kingdom is a culture of honor. It operates on an honor system. It's totally different than the culture of the world. The culture of the world is a culture of dishonor. I talked about in the last time I was, the last message I was like, I was really good at dishonor. Like I was good at clowning people. Like it was a thing. It was, it was like something we practice. That's what you do. Like, you know, if you're on a football team or you're in the military, you're just whatever. You're just a human being. You know, dudes especially. A lot of times we do that. Dishonor. It was, it was common. I get dishonored. I dishonor you. You know, whatever. You know, we don't even call it dishonor. We just call it clowning people. You know, cutting people down, whatever. That stuff is not kingdom. I can tell you, it is not kingdom at all. It is jacked up. It's kingdom of the world. It leads to death and destruction. The reality, um, uh, first scripture I have on honor, 1 Peter 2, 17, is pretty simple. First, first part, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. Honor all people. That's tough. Honor all people. I mean, who's like, oh yeah, no problem. Easy day. Sounds good. No problem. The reality is, is we're called to be like vessels of honor. We're called to be people who represent the king everywhere we go. And honor, like how we conduct ourselves. Do we conduct ourselves as an honorable person or not? Because the reality is, is if we conduct ourselves in an honorable fashion, it has nothing to do with what somebody else does. It has everything to do with you. The way that you honor says more about you than the person who you're dishonoring. Because honor is, can only be given. I find that honor can't really be, true honor can't really be earned. Honor is about a condition of your heart. It's like where your heart is actually at. And the interesting thing, so if you guys want to go deeper on this, uh, Pastor Mike Connell, he's a, an amazing uh, Bible teacher, amazing preacher, minister. Who was that Wednesday night at Balboa? That was pretty solid. That was amazing. Yeah. Anyways, he's got like a series on honor. He'll just break this stuff down like totally. But he, I loved how simply he got it. He said recently over the last few years, he got this real revelation on honor. And honor for other people is just about that their life has value. It doesn't mean that the things that they're doing are valuable, but that their life actually has value. 
how, why does their life have value? Well, their life has value because Genesis 1.27 says that they were created in the image and likeness of God. Now, honor, uh, honor doesn't mean that I have to say how awesome you are all the time because you may not be very awesome. You may not act very awesome. I don't have to praise crappy actions. I don't have to praise the garbage that people do, but I can still have value for their life because the creator said, hey, they're created in my image just like you were. They're cre- it's the same deal. Now, maybe their stuff is jacked up. You can have honor as a position of the heart. Jesus, when he came, he upped the ante. So before it was like about sin. Sin, you know, Old Testament, there's laws, rules, and sinful behavior that has to be atoned for, external. Jesus came and said, hey, if a man even thinks in his heart, it's as though he's done it. So Jesus affected the heart. So our heart condition towards people with honor, to to, to honor people is everything. It's not always going to be with our words because we may not even have the opportunity to do, do it with our words. It may not even be smart to do it with our words because someone might be highly dysfunctional or highly toxic or abusive. So there's nothing we can even say. But what do we actually see that there, there, there's value on the person's life or that there could be? Because God created them from the beginning. So honor, again, placing, placing value on the life of another person. And every single person that has been created was created by God. Even terrible people were. Even terrible people were. Doesn't mean we're going to praise their actions or anything like that. You know, um, we can't really, I've found that as much as I've tried in the past, I have a really hard time controlling the actions of others. It just doesn't work. As a matter of fact, it's kind of the spirit of the enemy, Jezebel, not really a cool person, spirit, you know, Jezebel was a person and a spirit. Anyways, not a good idea to try to control the actions of the others. But I do have, um, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. How many of y'all get a lot of practice of self-control? A lot. I got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. You get a lot. Sometimes it doesn't work out great. I get a lot. I get time to repent too. Thank God for repentance. It's really good. But anyways, we do have the ability to control our actions. So if someone dishonors me, I can act dishonorable back. And in a world sense, that would totally make sense. World's eyes, that would totally make sense. It'd be like, amen, you're, you're spot on. But not in the kingdom's eyes. Not in the king's eyes. I can be dishonored, and I can, I can be a recipient. And guys, I used to oversee like security for the whole church, and I had the privilege of telling people they could no longer attend church. You can imagine that's a lovely task, right? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that we just kick people out willy-nilly, you are 100% wrong. We are about the most graceful, and we give people as many chances as we possibly can that make sense. But unfortunately, some people, based on their choices, are not allowed to come to Awaken Church. It just is what it is. That conversation is never fun. I've had people tell me, you're a Pharisee, just go off on me in my face. And I get to choose like how I respond. I could come back, or I could just go, okay, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know, but still stands, regardless of whether you think I'm a Pharisee or not, bye-bye. I could say that and still be honorable, still have value. I actually kind of have some sympathy for the person because they're jacked up and they're lost. And that's how God's really helped me to also have honor for people is to see them as there's brokenness. So honor, it isn't, it isn't earned, it's given. It's something that you give, you go first with. You, you have to choose to be a person of honor. One of the things that, that, I, um, that I wanted to talk about to spend a little bit of time on was our parents. Man, sometimes we screw that up. 
like big time. Sometimes they screwed that up. You know, some of us had parents that maybe weren't awesome, maybe weren't even there, maybe they abused you, maybe they said terrible things to you. Um, but I, wanna, I just wanna make you aware of a scripture that, that, that gives you an instruction but also comes with a promise. And it's, it's actually the fifth commandment, but it's, I, I like how it's said in Ephesians 6, um, two through three. It says, honor your father and mother so it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. I, 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 have, I have it kind of, kind of I'm gonna talk about this for a second, but it's interesting, it says honor your father and mother, no, it's unconditional, no conditions. It doesn't say whether they were good, whether they were there, it doesn't say whether they were, they, they were uplifting, it doesn't say whether they protected you, it doesn't say anything like that, because honor has to do with you. Honor has to do with you. Now, if you look at it from a, a, a kingdom promise, and I like to look at things when, when you see something in, in scripture and you look at it like there's a promise, but the promise is attached to a premise or it's attached to something that's your responsibility. So if we look at this kingdom promise, Ephesians 6, 2 to 3, your responsibility is to honor your father and mother. Yours, it ends there. His promise is it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. The opposite of that is if you dishonor your mother and father, it won't go well with you and you won't live long in the land. Look, I didn't write it. I didn't come up with it. This is, this is, this is God's living word. The reality, so we go back. Trust in the Lord with your heart. Trust in the Lord with your heart. I don't, it doesn't make sense that so my parents were abusive by this or that or whatever they were, but if I can do this, I can rely on God for his promise. Even though my parents were dishonorable, I could still have a position of honor towards them. I'm gonna explain this for those of you, especially those that, have, that had abusive parents, or even now maybe parents are abusive, that you can't be around, I know all of you are like adults in here and stuff, so you don't necessarily have to like do what your parents say for the most part anymore. But the position of your heart can be one of honor. You know, one thing I realized in me was like, I had taken my parents for granted. My dad died when I was like 21. My mom's still around, she's awesome. Um, but I had like taken them for granted. And, and seriously, like taking someone for granted could be like dishonor. Like they just become normal, they just become whatever. And it was like, I remember I went, when I graduated boot camp in 1995, and they take all your freedoms from you in there. You know, you're like, you have to stand at attention until they tell you to stop, and you can only eat when they tell you to eat and all that kind of stuff. And I remember after like eight weeks, I called my mom, and I'm like, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me, like for making breakfast sometimes and for like a house and blankets and like just like all these things that I totally like taken for granted. I had this like this like epiphany, like, oh my gosh, you don't know what you got until sometimes it's like it's like gone. But with our parents, like, sometimes we take them for granted. Sometimes, ah, my dad, he's a freaking idiot. He doesn't know anything or blah, blah, blah. You know, just kind of like that. But if we think about from this position of honor, getting to where we have value on our parents' lives. Now, if you've had abusive parents, I'm not necessarily saying you got to go back to them and be like, okay, I'm ready to do whatever you say. It means changing the condition of your heart. And maybe that relationship gets restored at some point. You can honor someone and have boundaries. You can honor someone and not be around them. You can honor someone and not talk to them. We sometimes confuse honor with flattery. Like flattery is like, I'm trying to honor you, but it's garbage. It's hypocritical. I'm trying to say, I'm, telling, I'm giving you praise for something that you aren't. That's just flattery, you're just lying. But honor can be in a position of the heart 
So what I want, I want us to just think about that for a second as we, we think about the kingdom promise. I love, like, if you think about it, my responsibility in this, honor my father and mother. What does that look like? It might be different in all of your situations, but the reality is you gotta find it in your heart and you gotta have value for your parents. So if nothing else, you're all sitting here, you're all breathing, you all have life, you all still have a future ahead of you. They gave you life. If for nothing else, they can be, excuse me, honored for that. Okay, the next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about it's a culture of forgiveness. The kingdom is a culture of forgiveness. And I'm just going to, just really super simple, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, when he's instructing the disciples on how to pray, he then goes on to say this in Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men your trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Think trespasses, sin, whatever. The reality is to be the recipient of the forgiveness that God provides, you must forgive. I'm sorry, that's tough. It's tough to hear because there's been some terrible things that have happened to us in our lives. There's been some terrible things that should have never happened to you in your life, should have never happened. But I wanna tell you that again, God's ways are higher than our ways and if we'll trust in him and we'll, 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 we'll allow ourselves to make the choice to trust him, the choice to follow him, the choice to do it his way. I have found in over hundreds of ministry encounters, myself with others and all this kind of stuff in my own life, that very rarely has forgiveness been a feeling. Very rarely have I, oh, just out of the abundance of my heart, I'd like to forgive my dad for not being there for me. Oh, out of the abundance, no, nope, doesn't work that way. It starts with a choice that sometimes becomes a feeling. But it's okay if you have to make that choice every day. So what? The enemy wants to remind you. The enemy wants you to jack you up. The enemy wants you to think about these things. Oh, well, they, they don't deserve your forgiveness. That's what they did. This is what they did. And then you get, get all like this. No, no, no. Actually, I'm not going to participate in your economy. I'm going to participate in heaven's economy. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding and I'm definitely not gonna lean on the understanding of the enemy. The enemy is tricky. He's gonna try to jack you up. He's gonna try to send things in to try to get you to agree with them, to try to get you to think these things. But if we can get rid of that and we can go, I'm making the choice to forgive. And it's actually the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself. Because unforgiveness only hurts you. It truly doesn't really hurt the other people. They might, person, they might feel bad about what they did, but your unforgiveness only affects your life. So when you choose to release forgiveness, you now move out of the worldly alignment and you move into kingdom alignment. And now I can rely on God who's gonna follow through on his promises. He's gonna forgive me. I'm gonna tell you right now something super, those of you sitting here right now, but you don't know what happened. I can't forgive them. There's no way. They don't deserve my forgiveness. I'm telling you, trust the Lord. A supernatural exchange will occur. There's something about being on the other end of God's forgiveness. There's a weight and a freedom that comes off. You move from being victimized over and over and over and over again by the things that have happened to being victorious to being shifted, to being in a position of power. The most powerful thing you can do is give. Give, forgiveness. Give is in the actual word. You have to give it. Forgiveness is given, it's not earned. It can't be earned. 
And there was no greater example of forgiveness than that of Jesus on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. He felt all of that. He felt the beating that he got. He felt every single thing. He felt the nails go into his hands. He felt the nails go through his feet. He felt it all. He felt the shame and humiliation. He felt it all. But he set the standard and set the example for us to forgive. In the kingdom, forgiveness isn't based on a circumstance. Forgiveness is based on your posture and your alignment with the king. So when I get in alignment with the king and I choose to forgive, now I operate in his economy. I don't operate in the world's economy. I don't get the fruit of the enemy anymore. I want to tell you, I wish it was as easy to say, all it takes is one time. I've had to forgive people over and over again. And some people make it real easy. Some people give you lots of opportunities to exercise forgiveness. Lots. Some people, you're just around and you just have to constantly be in that. Because I am more committed, and please be more committed to receiving God's forgiveness than holding on to your offenses, than holding on to your hurts, than holding on to your pain. Because when you do that, now hear me, when you do that, you are saying that I know better than God. That my pain is better in my hands than his. I just want to tell you that's not true, but you can do that. Okay, I, one, of the, one of the other scriptures that I want to leave you with is Romans 8, 28. We, a lot of people quote this. They say, you always will say something like, God works all things for good. And they just run and leave it like that. They just leave it. But the reality is, is God works all things for good if you love him and you're called according to his purpose. So when we think that these two scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, and we think Romans 8, 28, if you can just remember these things, if I can go Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, get it as a memory verse, something, get it in you, trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, in all my ways I'll acknowledge him, and he will give me a straight path. And then if you can go, God will work all things in my life for good if I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. How do I meet that requirement? Well, number one, I gotta love him. I gotta call Jesus Lord and Savior. And then called according to his purpose, doing what it is he's put on me to do. So if I know something's out of kingdom alignment, the greatest way to show honor to God is by doing what he says. By doing what he says, you can't say you trust God if you don't do what he says. It's not true. You can have a savior, but you can't have a Lord that way. A Lord means my trust is displayed by my obedience and my submission and my surrender. So kingdom promise, here we go. Romans 8, 28, your responsibility, love God and stay called according to his purpose. His promise to work all things for good. Now, let me, under, let me make sure you understand this. This doesn't mean that what happened was good. It just means that God can work good out of it. As far as when that happens, I don't know. I've seen it happen at different points in different people's lives. People suffered tremendously as a child, you know? And then when they submitted and surrendered their lives to God, then later in life, they just started to see, oh my gosh, God's used that for good. I see how he's used it for good. I'm no longer a victim to it. But I can tell you right now, if you don't forgive, there's no way that you'll meet that. It'll just, it'll just stay right there. You know, the greatest thing that we can do, the first greatest thing that we can do besides following God's commands and being obedient because that'll work for unbelievers too quite frankly you just your eternity will suck the greatest thing that we can do is to make the choice to follow Jesus to be uh, to, to 
to be a son or a daughter, to call Jesus Savior, to call him Lord, to make that choice. It's, 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 maybe, maybe everyone in here has done it. Maybe not. The reality is, is if you can sit there and ask yourself right now, if I were to die today, where would I spend eternity? And you don't have an answer, then you probably haven't made that decision. I'm not trying to scare anybody. But the reality is, is that's true. There is heaven and there is a hell. I didn't create it, but I can operate in the king's ways or I can ram my head against him. It'll never work. But I want to tell you, if you've never made the decision to call Jesus your Lord and your Savior, I want to provide you with an opportunity to do that. We're going to pray over this stuff. We're going to pray over the honor and forgiveness and some other things all together. But before we do that, I would like to provide you with an opportunity. If you have not done that, or maybe you did it once before and you just feel like, man, I'm far from them. If, that, if that's you, I'm going, to, and I'm, going to, I'm going to count to three. And actually, if all of us could just like, just like bow our heads and close our eyes, that would be great. But on the count of three, if that's you, I would love for you just to raise your hand. It's the best thing you could, the best decision you could ever make. If you don't know, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Have faith, believe, call out to him. The Bible says that those who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm just going to pray real quick. And then I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the hearts right now of your people. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would knock on the door to our hearts. And if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, that today would be the day that they come to know you. Number one, Jesus loves you. He was perfect. He didn't do anything wrong. He knew what it was to be tempted, but he didn't give in to temptation. He never sinned. He died a sinner's death. He died an excruciating, painful humiliation, the most dishonored way you could think of. That's how Jesus died. He didn't do it for nothing. Number two, he did it for you. He loves you. He loves you. He doesn't define you by your past. He defines you by being his. He paid for you with his body and his blood. And his body and his blood still work today. Number three, if that's you, I ask that you just raise your hand right now. Be bold and lift your hand up in this place. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a release right now. A release right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give it just another, another couple seconds. Lord, if there's anybody else, knock at their heart. Knock right now. This is you if you're feeling anxious. If you're feeling anxious, this is you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I see that hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Now, if we could go ahead and stand to our feet. We're going to pray. We're going to ask Jesus to come be our Lord and our Savior. And then we're just going to continue to pray after that. Okay, so everyone just repeat after me. Say, Lord, I come to you and I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I believe that he is who the Bible says he is, that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. I am bought and purchased through his precious body and his blood in Jesus name I repent of all my sin and I ask 
for you to forgive me. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's awesome. Let's give a hand for those people who made that decision. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. At the end of service, um, that we have people who can have a Bible and a book. So if you raise your hand, please find one of them. They have a, a sunrise shirt, orange shirt on. Now we're going to pray over some of this other stuff, over the honor and forgiveness. How many people did, did something I was speaking about kind of strike a chord with you? If you did, raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So we're just going to pray over that stuff. I'm going to pray first, and then I'm just going to lead you in some corporate prayers. This is great. Because the Bible says that when I confess my sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So we're going to do some repentance. We're going to recognize some areas in our lives where the Holy Spirit wants to work. We're going to recognize the people that we need to forgive. We're going to recognize the areas where we have operated in dishonor. So Lord, this is a good day. These are good people. They're called according to your purpose. They love you, Lord. God, you are good and faithful. I pray that you would touch them and minister to them. Holy Spirit, we submit and surrender to you. We give you room to move in this place. In Jesus' name, now everyone just repeat after me. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I repent for all the times that I operated in dishonor. In Jesus' name, I ask for you to forgive me and I submit myself to become a vessel of honor of someone who bears your image everywhere that I go. I thank you, Lord, that I can receive honor from you, regardless of what the people around me do to me. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare this day that I am committed to serving you and honoring you in everything that I do. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Now we're just gonna talk about some forgiveness. So I want you just to right now, just prepare your heart right now. Just prepare your heart right now. You know there's names, there's people, there's situations that the forgiveness and the bitterness, I just want you to tell you today's the day. Today's the day to let it go to make the choice. You just surrender your heart. Trust, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Watch and see what he will do. Start to see him, start to see him. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just reveal people who we have not forgiven, people who we hold bitterness and resentment towards. Now just repeat after me, say, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I make the choice to forgive anyone that has harmed me, that has let me down, that has betrayed me, or anyone that I've ever held bitterness or resentment towards. I know that when I do that, I will receive forgiveness from you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I make the choice to forgive 
Now you just take a second and find who those people are and just call them out to God. Lord, I forgive my mother. Lord, I forgive my father. Lord, I forgive my friends. Lord, I forgive whoever it is. If a name comes to you, release it right now. Release it right now. Release it right now. You've been held in bondage for too long by this situation, by this person. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now just repeat after me. Lord, now that I have forgiven, I receive your forgiveness. Now I'm gonna pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for a supernatural exchange over every person in this place that has released forgiveness. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every person in this place who has chosen to live a life of honor, who's repented for their sin, I pray, Lord, that you would do something supernatural right now, that you take the weight and the burden off, that you'd heal the heart right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are good. We command all spirits of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness to go right now in this place. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would touch your children. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for their purpose. I thank you for their life. Lord, in Jesus' name, and I thank you that the greatest is yet to come. We come against all the work of the enemy. We know the enemy's plan to steal, kill, or destroy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we come against every dark and wicked scheme of the enemy on our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray release for the captives. In Jesus' name, I command all spirits of fear, all spirits of anxiety, all spirits of unworthiness, all spirits of rejection. In the name of Jesus Christ to go. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We give you praise and honor and glory up in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.